0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us, the Blunt Force Gamers. It is I, your host, Game Goblin, sitting side by side with the usual...
1: Kazakhan, the Lord Dragon.
0: Darth Blasphemous, hail to the dark side. And joining us from the PB&J podcast...
2: Russ Edwards. It's not
0: PB&J, is it? No. No? No. It's Russ and friends? Yeah, R&F. RNF. Right I, yeah, I was doing acronyms there, so that's a XP hit for me because that's what we're talking about today is experience points in your
3: gaming. How to do it, what's the best way to do it, how do you homebrew it? Um, roll the intro. Indra.
0: Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. on discretion advised. I want to dance with I'm mess
3: with Can't help it. <laughs>
0: And we're back.
1: Well, you can tell who the Bart is here. <laughs> canned
0: intro and all that, so... We're all losing experience points for this one. This is a bad intro. <laughs> hey, it could
3: be worse. It could have been like last episode. Oy, I, How uh, I was editing that?
2: I no. <laughs> Never again. Hey, hey, hey. I, I made said, a joke and we took it Frost to said, that's a bonus XP situation.
0: I am surprised people actually listened to that and we didn't get the hate mail yet.
3: Well, that would require people to actually interact with us.
0: I know, but usually when you piss somebody off, they interact.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I totally thought you were gonna like trigger our Irish fans or something.
0: Uh, They're probably already triggered. Apparently, we uh, had somebody visit us from France now.
3: A couple
1: of times now on the site. I've also got seen activity from Brazil. I'm not gonna try and say the city name. (laughs) I'm gonna butcher it. It's Portuguese.
3: Don't even worry. But yeah besides our fan interaction we'd love to get some um, we are talking XP now this comes because last week I ran a campaign at our LGS and while we were on one of our mini smoke breaks we got to talking about XP and how one of the guys finds that XP from combat only is really what kills his character because he's more of an RP guy um, so like you guys are uh, veteran GMs here how do you guys handle XP? Is it combat only? Do you guys like to do just, uh, you get points for doing certain RP things, just surviving the encounter, even if you're in a way like milestone, fucking scoreboard? How, how should we do this? Uh, it's per blowjob or anal.
0: I give double XP when uh, the uh, player actually bends over the table and just lets me hammer them away. Uh, that's usually about 2,000 XP points, uh, typically for per blow job, So anal is 4,000, and if it's an all night fling, I definitely give him like a full level up. Oh wait, <laughs> I'm talking family gaming, not uh, not family gaming. Oh yeah, um,
3: come on, this isn't the casting couch for Disney.
0: Ooh, low blow.
3: Are you shocked by it though?
0: Hey, at least I'm Mark Say from Harvey Weinstein.
3: Hurricane
1: Harvey. Hurricane Harvey.
2: He's rolling into town. Uh, no, actually, he wants yeah. your XP. <laughs> he, wants,
0: yeah. he wants all the XP. Now, for uh, XP though, early on when I first started playing D and D back in the 90s, that was actually the case. As it was always combat only, or they added in like the superfluous rules, superfluous, sir, superfluous.
3: He is not appearing in this picture. Not appearing in this picture.
0: (laughs) Uh, They have it in this rule, though, uh, and I know Russ is going to go over this a little later. About gold pieces, exchanging hands were also a form of XP. That way the rogues could keep up. But beyond that, all the RP elements, uh, defeating challenges by, like, say, getting a special item from the shopkeeper, from passing a bunch of checks to get a special MacGuffin item to get the big MacGuffin item. That wasn't included. Uh, bypassing traps wasn't included. RP uh, milestones were not included. So it really, for the RP character like uh, the guy you were talking to, uh, the old school style of gaming really was detrimental to that. So for the most part now, I've played so many different games. I mean, fucking Vampire the Masquerade. I know I keep going back to this one is one of my tried and true. Vampire is all about RP. I mean like One of the things that you get XP for in the game is, did you play your character well? And yes, if you did, and it was memorable or very much in character, you get an XP point for that one to add to your character sheet. And that's kind of what turned me on to going into different routes for awarding XP. Mm -hmm. And from there, you know, it's a little bit of everything.
3: You know, speaking of that, that (laughs) reminds me of when we were in our first campaign Mm -hmm. together. Oh. And Kaz earned XP for being the most human of the vampires. Yes, he did. Because he was the only one able to hold on to his humanity, because we started out as humans.
0: That's actually one of the parts about Vampire the Masquerade, is good roleplay. It doesn't matter if you're doing combat roleplay or just roleplay roleplay. If you get good roleplay, you get bonus XP.
3: Yeah, which was an awesome thing.
2: So, uh, we're talking about yeah, D&D and stuff traditionally, experience is handed out. Primarily for combat. Well, for that I always ruled if you participated in the combat, you got the experience. But the idea that everyone gets the same experience throughout an adventure always seemed a little ridiculous to me. So I would actually keep a sheet with all my players' names on them. And whenever a player did something that impressed me or that drove the story forward, they got a little notch. Each notch was worth an extra like fifty XP or something like that. So you get XP for anything you you pick that lock. Well, that advanced it. There's a notch for it.
0: Well, players are really bad at uh, keeping their XP tabulations, and it's really funny because part of the reason why you give XP to everybody across the board is the same. so if the three of you were sitting at my table, we run through an adventure, we get to the end of it, I give everybody 4,000 XP for the total adventure, that keeps it level, so when we all sit down next week, somebody would be like, uh, can, why are you looking at your sheet like that? And he'd be like, "Oh, uh, how much XP do we have? I've seen it so many fucking times.
2: Yeah, I have one player that's like that. It, it it got so bad that during my last campaign we just did milestones. Like, oh, you guys have played far enough, you've leveled up. And I don't like that form of gameplay. I don't really like that either. Yeah, it's and- it it can be
1: it's useful at early levels for like teaching people how to play. It's useful for that circumstance.
0: I could see it if you have the adventure already pre-planned out all the way through from beginning to end, you're like, at this point on page 226, that's the final milestone, but every ten pages before that, there's a milestone in the storyline. That way it doesn't feel as arbitrary, because when the uh, GM starts handing out levels just willy-nilly, it does feel very arbitrary.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the issues we ran into. We wound up having like four or five sessions where nobody leveled up. And in our group, we tend to play pretty fast experience. So they're like feeling really weird about it, but at the same time, it had been like three or four days in game. It didn't make sense to gain a level. True. So by the time they did, it had been less than a week since their last level up.
3: Yeah, and that's something I see, especially when I'm (laughs) watching a bunch of these uh, campaigns going on on like YouTube or Twitch or something, is. They just like hold everyone at level say it's a fourth level campaign, and you're a fourth level throughout the whole thing, and you finish that campaign, then you get a level. So the next campaign arc is your fifth level, and they do it that way, so you get twenty primary adventures out of it. And but that way I feel like it really it makes sense for time and experience gained, but it it would take a seriously committed group, and that's the bane of groups is commitment to schedule that,
1: and you also get this, a lot of what uh, Russ was talking about here, was the the players are going to start feeling a little jilted, you know, especially towards the, like, early to mid-game. Like, we're talking 5 to about 10, or maybe 15, depending on the system. You're going to feel like it's very slow progression, no matter what you're going to feel, or what the actual numbers are saying. I personally don't like that it seems unfair almost
0: well there's a uh speaking of something like that i know you guys have been getting jilted with the uh silvery signals game that i've been running because i have not awarded any xp i
3: don't know i'm still just having a shit ton of fun
0: yeah you guys have had well that's part of the problem is you're having too much fun (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I'm <a> <laughs>
0: You're having too much fun no. Well, you know, I XB just
3: is only
2: a for not enjoying
3: it. <laughs> See, I just ragdolled the guy Halfway across the room I could've, in all reality Tossed him through a wall And he would've been missed out the other side
0: Well, I'm, I'm going uh, to, to tie this into Kaz uh Little moment here Little moment mm.
3: Moments in the night
0: Strangers in the night Exchanging clothing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if we go back to... so I uh, got this shirt. Okay, exactly. Uh, Silvery <laughs> Signals, though, we've had maybe six, seven game sessions so far. If that. If that. And I have not given you guys one lick of XP at all. And I know you guys are having a great time. You guys are having fun. You want to roleplay. And that's primarily it, but... Going to when, you know, you get jolted players, you know, they don't feel like they're getting enough XP or they feel like they're getting too much, which is really, really super rare. The reason, though, there is things going on behind the curtains that players don't always have privy knowledge to. Mm. Like right now, you guys are in a prequel campaign.
3: Mm.
0: You're not getting any XP because this is the story that happens before the real characters even show up.
3: This is tutorial mode.
0: Well, that's not just tutorial mode, but seriously, behind the scenes, this is all the world building going on before the actual characters that you make to play in a serious Silver Age Sentinels campaign takes place. This is the history of how you got to that point. So, yeah. You so, guys, this is
3: like what they wanted Rogue One to be.
0: Well, you guys are doing a prequel, but the prequel is actually taking place before the actual movie, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, retconning shit. You know, like, where are the fucking Bothans? Yeah, right? Many Bothan di- spies died to get us this information. I did not see one fucking Bothan on that Corellian Corvette. God <laughs> damn it. Fuck you, Disney. But anyway, yeah, I... to, to, go, to go full circle, anyway, like Kazrakat is saying, though, there is. That animosity that can build between players and GEM if they feel like they're not getting enough. And it's up to the GM, especially early on in the campaign, to be clear about the XP that they should expect. He's like, you know, if you're doing Milestone XP, tell your players right out of the gate. Game Session 1, if they're not used to you especially, you know, you'd be like, well, we're doing Combat XP, we're doing... Surviving Challenges XP, we're doing good Roleplay XP, and we're doing Milestone XP. Those are the four routes you can earn XP in my game. Make it clear, the first game session, reinforce it the second game session, and carry through for the rest of the game.
1: It's It, it harks back to a lot of our previous uh, mentions of this, but it like the key to, to a game like this is communication. Communication, communication, communication. If everyone's on the same page about everything, like EXP, like roleplay expectations, like combat expectations.
3: Homebrew rules.
1: Homebrew rules. What books are allowed, disallowed, or anything. If that's not clear in the early, like, two, three sessions, and 100% ironclad, the group won't last.
0: Well, that's true. It's also with uh, homebrew rules. You need to... There are times, though, later on, when you can make those rules up. Yes. Oi and... Dropping stuff on the table again. Sorry, You people. <laughs> and I mean it like that. You people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright,
0: Russ, take a, so, you were talking about gold earlier. That got me yeah. interested. Go on. So,
2: um, there's this kind of old school method where uh, gold converts directly to XP. So, when you're given a quest, the quest could be worth 10,000 gold to the party, let's say, at higher levels. Well, you collect it, that's 10,000 XP divided between the players. Um, and a lot of people have different ways it's, some people say collecting the gold enough other people say you have to spend it and from there you can go even deeper into how you spend it uh, my personal rules that I'm going to experiment with is you only get experience for spending gold on things that will build your reputation so what we're saying
0: like right now and I hate to use this name in our podcast but like George Soros is level 1 billion <laughs> Cause he's got one hell of a reputation and a lot of money, and he knows how to
2: spend it. <laughs> I guess. You're like, what um, level one billion overlord, George Soros? Um, because yeah, it's like Everyone has to do upkeep, right? You have to repair your weapons. You have to buy your rashes stuff. There's not really gaining much out of that. But if you pay the extra to have your weapon jewel and crush it, something that stands out, people see it and they know it's you, that gets you that net's XP. You throw a lavish party bringing people, nobles and stuff. That nets you XP. That's how you have to gain XP in my system.
0: So you have to be both publicly spending it. So yes. you can't be like underneath, you know, like, you're dealing with the Thieves Guild, so you slip them a few
2: thousand gold cool, pieces. Well, but that gives you notoriety within the Thieves Guild. You're still developing a reputation. Oh. Uh, okay,
0: and this brings me back to a joke I was saying earlier when I was cooking my breakfast. And we get two players together, mm-hmm. Kazarkand and Blasphemous. Kazorkan has a sword. Blasphemous wants to get some XP. He buys Kazorkan's sword. Kazorkan wants some XP, so he buys Darth Blasphemous' sword, and they just keep going back and forth like two cars and salesmen. It um, doesn't work. It's
2: do- okay. just a sword. You're Nobody's really getting any notoriety from that. That's part of why I put the notoriety clause in there. So much noise.
0: It's all Darth Blasphemous. Um, right now, if you are listening to the podcast, please... Boo, Darth Blasphemous, for making all this Just Boo. Boo! Boo! The Sith of funk! The Sith of nasty putrescence! The Sith of ooze!
3: Don't make me! Don't make me bomb Boo. this
0: podcast.
3: <laughs> I will burrito a piece you all.
1: <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> I mean, so do I, but at the same, at the same token, we don't need to lose five minutes of recording time. We've done that before. It's that was Taco bullshit. Bell. It'll be an hour. <laughs>
0: You're lucky. My ammo is in a lockbox, and
1: I forgot where I put the key. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, there's plenty of other sharp things. We don't necessarily need ammunition for those. True. So anyway, somebody
0: has to build reputation by spending yeah. their money. They have to like build a castle or do something extravagantly crazy with their money that will get attention, like Tony Stark levels. Exactly. Okay.
3: So Tony Starks is a level 1 billion aristocrat. Yes. Playboy billionaire philanthropist. Level 1,000 of each.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it. Another is particular... um, What I've done in the past is combat-based XP. With caveats, it's like... You know, I will also add in things like good roleplay. Or particularly brilliant ideas that the party comes up with. Like... One of which is slinging the halfling using a twenty-foot sl- twenty-foot blade whip.
0: It's nonlinear idea thinking and problem solving definitely should be rewarded, and players naturally gravitate towards this crap.
1: Oh yeah, they crazier only- shit they love.
0: You know, they will starve a halfling and slap mithril dentures in its mouth and, like, smear the side of the castle with cream cheese and then launch the halfling at it. You know, if, if you're doing, exactly, if you're doing a, a comedy game, that's a perfect way to earn some extra XP is have a halfling chew through the barricade. <laughs> ah, cream cheese so hungry!
2: <laughs> now, I'm currently actually running, my current campaign is in a system called Numenera. And Numenera actually blatantly states in the book, you don't gain XP for combat. You only gain XP for discovering new things.
0: Numenera. Numenera. Monty
2: Cook Games.
0: I think I played that game a long, long time ago, and you had to mention another name in my living room I don't like. Thank you. Uh,
2: well, you started it.
0: I, I did. I did. <laughs> Just. I'm thinking that we got Monty Cook and... Uh, McFarlane together and they had a bastard child to be the worst thing to like come across this planet in a creative vision ever. It'd be like, check out my role playing game about Spawn.
2: <laughs> sure. So,
0: I know what I'm getting you for Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the violator, I'm not the vindicator, I'm not the vibrator. <laughs> 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 Shit movie.
2: No, nope, you need to do. You need to create a uh, character sheet on the computer for Spawn in uh, your Superior game and then change it to his background.
3: <laughs> I don't touch his computer because I like having all my organs where they belong. <laughs> my computer is my wife, nobody touches her. <laughs> and this
1: is generally like this, this falls back into gamer etiquette. You don't touch another person's computer or Not dice right. or generally possessions without asking first. That's the sort of thing that will either get you killed, bloodied, or some other way of maiming.
0: I think the only, like, uh, room to maneuver in that is when you're moving miniatures around on the battle map.
2: Yes. You always have yeah. that one guy
0: who stands up as the tactician helper, and he's moving minis around. Beyond yeah. that true. Yeah. And you never mess with another guy's XP.
2: <laughs>
0: but feel free to check him right in front of the GM. Yeah. I love it when, you know, when everybody's supposed to be balanced, and, you know, everybody's got, you know, say. like... Say it's a mid-level game and everybody's got about, you know, 75,000 XP on their sheet. Well, one of the guys turns a 5 into an 8. And then you got that one narc at the table who calls him out. The GM just gives that guy the look like, really, dude, you still want to play? Mm -hmm. Door's over there. You can turn that 8 back into a (laughs) 5. Do not fudge your XP, please. I say this as a GM and a player. I hate it on both sides of the fence.
1: It's, It's asinine behavior no matter what you're doing. Which, you know. Fudging XP is
2: obnoxious. I had a player that we, uh, he left the group a little while back, which is actually a nice thing because, uh, it was revealed to me after I left he was fudging dice rolls. Yeah,
0: I've had a bunch of cheaters like that. You know, they sit as far away from the table as they can, they roll the die, and they're like, oh, give me a moment. Really, dude, I know you're cheating. You're just trying to drum up a realistic number. Mm-hmm.
3: Although, those people who also roll their dice and then pick it up right away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, slowly working on a video for that kind of shit. It's just I've been distracted by actually gaming for a change. Yeah, oh, good. You needed weird. that. <laughs> I needed a break from everything. Everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, would you say it's a valuable use of experience?
0: I'm waiting to get to level 91. <laughs> then I can get my scuba gear and build my greenhouse. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Which also, you know, it brings up a bit of an interesting point about... Uh, EXP and progression. Like, EXP is not the only marker of progression that's in games. At all. No, no it's no. not.
0: Actually, I got a Riffs game that... Four years of that crap and... Heh, no. Yeah. I well. was, like, level four... Mm. And that was because me and the other players had to back the GM into a corner, like literally, and just browbeat him into giving us XP. It was like we've been playing this for a year and a half. Give us some XP, motherfucker! And he's like, "All right, uh, uh, level up and halfway to the next." Okay, good, thank you. But like, Casper can's going on here, you know? Like, we had all sorts of stuff, man. My bankroll in that character's account and one of the other players because we were just money makers. Movers and shakers. Just fucking... We had so much stuff, and it was... What uh, was it? Yeah, like you said, dude, progression. We can just buy anything we wanted to. There's a problem with an enemy army. It's like, fuck it. We'll just hire that continent and clear out all their fucking mercs. we got our own army. Fuck them. And it'd be like, you just bought up five armies. And it's like, do they have any more? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is true, and it's, it's, it's a valid point, right? You know... Uh, there's two sides to this. One, the side that Goblin has presented, is you know when your EXP is too slow, but your money gain is so much that you can afford to just circumvent everything that you need to do. Yeah, money's a
0: superpower by any other name.
1: Yeah, and the other is your combat capability being far enhanced, well and truly above what your level says you should be. My, we in our Wednesday game, we're a group of level. Eights and nines, right? I think I'm the low ball at eight.
2: Okay.
1: And we can successfully, as a party of four, take on CR 13 and 15 encounters consistently.
2: Oh, yeah. I uh, My group, at level 7, 8, wound up taking on a CR 10, and it was literally the first attack of the second round of combat. They killed it. Well, these
0: guys pulled the same crap in one of my older games. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be a equivalent challenge for a party of four. Mm-hmm. And I did bump it up ever so slightly by like one challenge rating notch just to make it a scary fight. Mm-hmm. And they took it in two rounds.
3: Which one was that? Was this that, the div?
0: That was the div.
3: He, I love this story.
0: You guys were in the fucking...
1: Immortals campaign or whatever?
0: Yeah, it was... Uh... The mythic. I mean, I'm still trying to forget certain aspects of that game. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot I'm trying to forget.
1: I'm sure. Like Batman. <clears throat> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Anyways, but, uh, in short, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story, I picked up a teamwork feed from the Inquisitor, uh, that says I could use, that I could attack something, and instead of hitting it with my zeal damage, I could instead mark it for one round, and Every other attack made during the next round would have my damage, my damage added to it instead of me getting the immediate hit. Our monk tank took that and ran with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. she just like ran up on that motherfucker, You're just like I'm creeping up on you, motherfucker. Flurry of loaves.
1: Flurry, flurry, mythic flurry. Blah 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 blah. Seven hits later, splat. Yeah. Huh.
0: Like, the second run, I'm like, why did I even include this creature? Fucking hell. It's supposed to be, like, all scary and get you by the cockles and make you go, no! No, no. (laughs) She had to run up and, like, go bitch mode. Full tilt.
1: Full tilt.
3: I don't know you. That's my purse. (laughs) You ain't my daddy. Bam. Done. (laughs) Wait, that was when I was playing my occultist, too, wasn't it? yep uh yeah your occultist was on board about that time yeah yeah so that's when I was going I get to do how many d6 of elemental damage gross cool. I just did fireball for three and at the same token though that game uh, I'm not sure about
0: from your guys' perspective from mine as a GM I thought it was well paced on the XP giving out
1: yeah absolutely I and it was, so. it was it was well paced on the mythic too because they're technically two different XP bars. Yeah, it was it was really well done. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I was uh, trying to keep the XP pace, so there was just enough to keep you know, ooh, piece of candy, ooh, piece of candy, and then ooh, oh my god, it's a fucking tray of candy, and then back to ooh, piece of candy.
3: Yeah, so I was, it worked.
0: I'm doling out the uh, XP just enough to keep you guys you know stringing
2: along. Well, in, in the regards of ooh, piece of candy, just little rewards here and there. I'm gonna go back to. Uh referring to a system from a company that Q, that uh, Goblin here doesn't like. Uh, um, but sure. uh, in Numenera, when you're getting XP, it's, uh, you only get it in little bits. It's literally like one or two XP here and there. But you spend four XP, you get to level up an aspect of your character. Level up three aspects of your character, and your character fully levels up. It's three or four aspects. But yeah, your character finishes leveling up once you do that.
0: God, I think I played that game like Twenty years ago, and is not that old. I I played something that's very similar. I was making, I was animating objects by bleeding all over them. Huh? And we were doing a true to life campaign, and I had bad acne, so getting blood was kind of easy.
2: Huh?
0: I was just like squeezed a pimple super hard until it bled, and slammed slam my forehead on a table, <laughs> and the table would come to life, and I'd be like, "Boom! One's it gone? One table animated. Let's do this <laughs> fight." <laughs> Uh, I was the gross uh, was bastard thinking. at the table. It was the whole point. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the way they give the description in the game, you know, is you're supposed to cut yourself and mm-hmm. bleed on it or whatever. I'm like, I got bad acne. And we're doing a true-to-life game. Screw really. it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I had really bad uh, gum rot going on at the time, too. So I'd just be like, <laughs> There's a manhole covered and it. Come to life. <laughs> I was just, like, gross about it.
3: <laughs> so, is this the origin of Swamp bass? <laughs> <laughs>
0: swamp Ass, can community... no, no, it's not the origin of Swamp bass. <laughs> swamp bass has a
3: horribly
1: different set of powers, anyway. <laughs>
0: exactly. And now, let's uh, cover XP rates in a way that we haven't talked about yet, and that is whether or not you're going to do structured or freeform.
3: Hmm.
1: Alright, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm seeing where you're going with this. So mm-hmm. Structured is something like the Milestone Method, or if it's like, this monster rewards this much EXP, Exactly this interaction results in EXP of this amount, versus Freeform is like, eh, that was cool, here's 50.
0: Yeah, basically, okay, so if I was doing Structured, say we go back to the Div battle, where you guys took it in two rounds, and it was supposed to be a fight that lasted easily 10+, plus. Now, if I was doing structured, I would give you XP for the div itself, take the XP number that it has, divide it by number of players at the table, yeah. distribute the XP evenly, continue on, la di da It's true by the book. However, if I'm doing free form and you guys just waylay that motherfucker, I'd be like, well, that was way too easy for you guys. That was obviously not something that challenged you at all. So I should cut the XP down by, say, 50%, then divide it by 4, then distribute that. So I'm just making up shit as I go, because I every time you guys get into an encounter or do a challenge or anything, the less it seems challenging to me as a GM, the less XP I'm inclined to give you. <clears throat> that's that's more freeform style that I'm <clears throat> talking about.
2: So um, it's
3: prescriptive, then.
0: Very prescriptive.
2: So I think that my campaigns, we always start out with an intent for structured XP, but it never goes structured. Um, <laughs> never stays structured? It never does. That's it, fair. I mean, I started in our last campaign of 5th uh, edition, giving out XP, and we just stopped and started doing milestones. And we're like, that was cool. You guys did a lot of cool stuff. You level up today. And I was basically doing free-form milestones. How well do you please the DM? <laughs> How well please
0: the DM? And of course, there's also the other thing that... Um... That is very free form, and that's bribing the GM.
2: Oh, you know <laughs> what? Stop taking bribes.
0: I had one GM, uh, not GM, I had a player do this, uh, Adam, really cool guy, great player. And he's sitting across on the other side of the room, and he's playing a character I like already. Mm-hmm. So th- this is already ingratiating, and ingratiating yourself to a GM always gives better benefits in game. And he's playing a fatling. So basically, I had two varieties of haplings in the game. There were two uh, separate races. There was the old school Hobbit style ones and the new Kinder style ones. He went for the Hobbit one and named him Grubstake. So we got Grubstake the Fatling. You know, he's just doing his Fatling shit. He's always eating and he's a paladin. It was a good combo. And he's sitting over on the other side of the fucking room and I'm running the game, running the game. And like the game would start to decline a little bit. As far as player and GM interaction, people were starting to have a little less fun because I was getting kind of serious. Supposed to be a serious campaign. And he'd be like, hey, I got some extra soft tacos. You want one? I would be like cool. And I'd like a munch it on a taco. And suddenly the game gets really awesome again. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, About the fourth time he did this, I'm like, I'm on to you, dude. You got a party pack over there, and you have not eaten one. (laughs) Because, like, every time the game is starting to dip, he's like, hey, you want a taco? I'm like, fuck you, I
3: want a taco! Oh my god, so basically it's like MX whenever we have a case of dew. Exactly. And. It's a great way to get extra bonus XP
0: is keeping your GM happy and
1: what was it uh, I think you I told- hate to
0: say it but you know if you buy pizzas the GM you know is spending less out of pocket great
1: right what was it um, <laughs> one time goblin goes okay this is an emergency and I don't normally do this so I will do this once and once only <laughs> I will reward everyone in the party equally if someone brings a bunch of toilet paper. Huh. Her roll, I'll give you EXP. Yeah. I went to Costco and bought him a 24-pack.
3: And it took us two and a half years to go through that toilet paper. It, it lasted longer than my last relationship. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the thing about that was, is I didn't want to run down to the store and buy toilet paper. Because <laughs> I'm lazy. And they're having the game at my place. And every time the game happens at my place, my toilet paper roll goes down by half. Huh. So, you know, because people got to use the fucking commode, right? I'm like, whatever. So I'm like, it's not just for me. It's for the group as a whole. Really. When you guys come to my house and you're role playing, you guys are using toilet paper like motherfuckers. So I'm like, I'm going to do this only one time. Buy toilet paper and, like, it was...
1: Like, 100 EXP per roll. And yeah, I got, mean, like, the biggest and most numerous We pack. leveled.
0: We leveled from it. <laughs> they leveled. No, you bought a forty pack.
1: Yeah, I bought a big. It was like a forty-eight pack. Now that it I it was think like
0: about a forty, yeah, forty-eight pack. It was huge. <laughs> Four deep, and then it was like three layers. It, yeah, so uh, that's another way players can get XP. I guess <laughs> is you know when the GM is feeling a little bit lazy and he's like, "Look, I'm running out of toilet paper because of you fucks. Buy some, and I'll give you XP for supplying my
1: house." Ba-ba-ba! It worked. (laughs) I I regret nothing of it, and it was cheap. That was extremely (laughs) free-form. Yeah, so when
2: I first started um, (coughs) role-playing, first started gaming, um, the group I was with, Bribery was a big part of it. And, um, so I inherited that idea about gaming. Bribery was a big part. Um, over the years, I've based out of that personally, like, nowadays, I almost never accept bribes. I've accepted one bribe in the past five years. uh uh-huh. well, the,
0: the only reason I accepted the toilet paper bribe yeah. is because it wasn't just for me, it was for everybody, and it was just like, they're going to level up soon anyway, might as well ramp it up.
1: And, you know, the other part of this is, like, the big important thing that he did during this interaction was he gave that, he gave that EXP to EVERY player. So only one person had to t- bite the bullet for the entire team.
2: Yeah, so uh, in the, the situation I did it, it wasn't that it was a great bribe. It was uh, dark chocolate peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's. Which, if you ever had those, those things are delicious. It's still a, a
0: crap bribe. <laughs> I have uh, that <laughs> bundle of toilet paper for
3: two
2: years. So <laughs> yeah, know. Know. <laughs> yeah, no. You got more out of yours. But he also wasn't bribing me for experience. They were shopping for magical weapons. And I had severely shortchanged the magical item so far in this campaign. And so it wasn't even that I want a magical item. I it was that? yeah, I know you love these. Could the guy accidentally misjudge uh, the sword? Give me a plus two instead of a plus one. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, I, uh, I'm not a fan of even, bribery.
2: Even with but... the bribe, I actually made him give me a uh, check. To try and uh, convince the guy to sell him the wrong sword.
0: Yeah, it's just, I do not like bribery at the game table. I mean, you get the guy who buys pizza for everybody, mm-hmm. then always expects the GM just to hand out more XP. It's like, no, dude, you don't change money <laughs> for XP.
1: It's not no. It's not like those mobile games. You can't just buy your levels.
0: You're, you're not playing an MMO and going through, like, Pizza Hut, like there's some Chinese gold farmer to buy more XP. Yeah, just, I, I don't like bribery and then you get uh, like MX you get the bribery competitions. so you can give the GM more to get the best shit
3: uh, I think the record is $500 from a single person in one bribe
1: if you have that much money to spend on a bribe why the hell why um, the hell money's not that common these days
0: god damn it there's tra- starving children in suburban America yeah. yeah. So I have. We have the plague again.
1: Yeah, you people know what? are too dumb. We're, we're just,
0: just, okay. We're getting to that point where we get the rant on California yet again. So that's our, our normal uh, prerogative per episode. Yes, California has an outbreak of the black plague yet again. San Francisco is a shithole, literally. <laughs> you look and look at it from satellite images over street and see shit on the streets. I just say we quarantine the state, fence it off. Go take it to uh, the nation's headquarters in DC and vote. Everybody in America, vote to let California seed from the country because here in Washington, we're tired of giving them our water and we're tired of taking in their transients to come work at our big businesses. Not to mention our power. Our power, too, yeah. Okay, back <laughs> then. You know, California is going into negative XP right now. Yeah. Negative XP. Mm.
2: A, yeah,
0: yeah. We're there going
1: was... back to three five. We're giving them negative levels, man. We're, oh shit! Yeah, we'll, we'll give
0: them like fucking drain. Yeah. Now here's uh, an interesting
1: XP point. XP drain. Bam. What? How do you monitor and control EXP drain? Like making month. Like what was it? Uh, Goblin was playing a strength-based druid, and the DM pulled out like some manner of hag that had a strength drain. Immediate full bore trigger, and bam, 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 bam instant dead boss fight
0: yeah it was uh one attacks or it was one round six attacks and yeah i had so many fucking bonuses stacked that i had, had no chance but the moment i found out i did strength damage sh- that bitch was dead
1: <laughs> oh yeah I was hard just, fast
0: i was a strength-based druid, and i was holding back i did not want to power game at all i was playing the character fun just willy-nilly yeah and then strength drain. I'm like, no, strength drain, you die. Uh, if I got hit with, it's because I got drain and damage. If it's drain, it's permanent. Damage yeah. is like one point per day. It's pretty easy. XP drain is a bitch.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't drain get it negative levels less. Yeah, you
0: go to the negative levels, and even if it gets cured, you only go like one XP point back over the threshold to relevel you.
1: So yeah. if you went from one point below. You lost a level. You lost that entire level worth of progress and the level prior, and then it gets cured, and you get one point past. Yeah, which is a dick maneuver. So
2: I it's have... hard to keep the XP balance when you're running by the books. Oh yeah, and I've never liked negative levels. It's actually a rule I've completely ignored gaming. Um, there's something about it that yes, it creates a sense of tension and dread within the players but it just feels innately unfair to somebody when one player is the guy who fails that save and has to go down a level while no one else does. Well,
0: not just that. A lot of GMs, they like to keep the table balanced. So if everybody's at 6,800 XP, it makes it easy on the GM to calculate everything
2: behind the scenes. Oh well, I've never done that. I <laughs> I have uh, things where players, my even my last campaign, even when we wound up going to milestones, there was three different levels amongst the players. Uh, well, I'm just
0: saying that some GMs like to keep it balanced. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh yeah, if everybody's level three, then you go, okay, well, I'm gonna chart the next encounter. Instead of having to break out, well, I got one player that's level 3, I got one that's level 4, one that's level 5, and another that's level 3, but he's really shit. So, what's a good challenge rating for these three guys? So I add up all the numbers, then divide it by 4 to come out with, like, an average level of the group.
2: Okay, so, first off, if you have a player who's really shit, you want to keep them ahead on levels, so at least, almost caught up to everybody. (laughs) I have that player in my group. (laughs) I usually am that player in a group, I, I'm should, not. I should, I should <laughs> stick you in a group with my friend, Tim. You'll feel like a champion.
3: When it comes to XP
0: per kill, I'm still the reigning fucking champion.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Which, which which story is this? Because you've got some good ones.
0: Um, uh, Well, it's about the time I killed a planet using decanters of endless water.
1: Huh. I mean, there's that. <clears throat> there's that. I was, uh, hey, was I... going to say the the Green Dragon Venom Sack.
0: Oh, the Green Dragon uh, The the, the
2: green Venom
0: <laughs> the green dragon venom sack. How could I not... <laughs> okay, that was using real life knowledge though, so I, that was a little cheaty. <laughs> but when you use um, chlorine gas and combine it with fire and a few other things in the right amounts, you create a neurotoxin. Hey. Yeah, you just created a nerve agent in D&D. And all the chemicals that are required are right there in medieval era. And then you got magic. So what you need that you don't have, you can just poof. Magic Magic it into existence. And I took this venom sack from a green dragon. It was an adult. So we're talking about a good, uh, I would guesstimate a basketball-sized gland that was filled with the raw chlorine element. Took it over to the enemy encampment with my ninja, stuffed it underneath their water supply, and rigged up a time to release on it, because I did not want to be anywhere near this motherfucker when I set it off. (laughs) Rigged up a time release on it, prepped on, basically prepped the bomb while hiding underneath a a fucking wagon, Ran the fuck back to my base camp, and I'm like, get to high ground, everybody, go, go, go! (laughs) Because thankfully the gas is denser than normal air. And next thing you know, there's this nerve agent just cascading out this green-gray plume out in the enemy encampment, and like 500 minotaurs just fucking fall to the ground. And just go, ah! <laughs> their eyes get all bloodshot, gurgling, foam out of their mouth as chlorine gas is turning into hydrochloric ga- uh, acid in their lungs and kills them all. Oh, and I'm like, how much XP did I get for 500 minotaurs? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's <laughs> i ever seen players do?
2: Is one of the handful of times where the players decided to join the village and help him engineer a disease that killed all non-magical, non-elf creatures. Wow,
1: mass genocide! We're not talking <laughs> just one species. That's so, a lot.
2: Are you guys familiar with uh, the template worms that walk? Yeah, in three, yeah. five, yeah. Turn that into a disease. Nice. Yeah, so if you aren't magical, it already kills you. Then the elven terrorists in the group gets their hands on it and re-engineers it so that elves that are magical are the only survivors. Elf mages are the only so, survivors.
0: So what, what we're talking about now is they're elf elves. Yeah. They're basically elven liberation front elves. Yeah. So they're elf elf. <laughs> yes. And the, the one that joined the villain, he would be the alpha, so he'd
2: be elf alpha.
1: <laughs>
2: yes. I just run that by him because he's either going to love that or he's going to hate it.
1: Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Do it! But, like, I'll make a point here. You obviously have not gamed with Goblin as a player.
2: No, but I have used uh, one of his ideas in-game before. I've used his uh, flying batter, battering ram idea for my kamikaze sorceress.
0: The flying battering rams are awesome. <laughs>
2: they are. Stick a shield in front so you duck behind the shield when you're going through the door.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like just plowing your way through, just the plebeians walking down the street, cackling the whole way, tossing pumpkin palms around. It's like, <laughs> fuck y'all, I want a battering ram. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and when there's a pounding on the door, nobody expects the sorceress through first. <laughs> Little nor a sorceress who's more than happy to fly into the center of her own fireball. Exactly. Go
1: crazy. Go all the way with it.
2: So, what's the newbie guy doing? Mm. Um.
0: Wasmus, you've been pretty quiet over there, and you're still getting used to GMing. Uh, What methods have you found so far, from your perspective, starting out early on? Well,
3: the main thing I do is, XP is still primarily gained through combat, but I have a combat-centric group, Um, but I give XP at the end of an arc, I add it up over time. Uh, For every interaction, so say they go and they go to the village. They gotta help and they do all this stuff. But they do extra stuff. They like help fix up an old house for a a widow or or, you know a widow. They go out and you know protect this guy's farm when they're out on a troll. You know shit like that. That adds up. So when they finish the story, not only do they have the XP from all the fights, but they end up getting a portion of XP at the end for just completing the storyline. And that is all built up on how much they do and what they do. If they just role play real well and, like, you know, haggle down the old uh, crotchety innkeepers that their rooms are half price because they're buying in bulk and for a long stay, you know, I'll totally give them like 100 XP for that. So basically, like, mini challenge. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So I kind of do a combination of scoreboard and milestone.
2: So I have a question for you guys. Have you ever done a uh, situation, have you ever created a scenario where the players had to choose between a unique item or experience? Uh, well, I gave some unique items
0: out in the campaign once, I can think of right now. <laughs> sort it certainly gave the players themselves experience, because <laughs> goddamn, it was fun to watch the frustration. Uh, I, can, I wanted to, to fucking give in. I, I really did as a GM. There's a point, you know, when you see a player, like, super frustrated, you're just like, look, dude, here's the answer. But I can't. You know, I have to restrain myself to just sit back and watch him be frustrated and cackle in maniacal glee with a bit of, oh, I'm so sorry I did this to you. You know, a little bit of both. <laughs> ambivalence there. So, but to put them in a uh, situation where they get XP or a really awesome item, No nothing like that in-game yet.
2: Okay. Because I actually have a scenario that it's, a, it's like a one-shot kind of campaign. I've been thinking about typing it up. If people are interested, I'll probably do that. But it's the players get uh, rerouted to this uh, town that's supposed to be burned down, but it's fully operational. There are people running around, getting ready for a festival that night and all this stuff. Players do the festival, they stay at the end, they wake up the next morning. The innkeeper then asks them if they're if they're hanging around, are they going to stay for the festivals in two days?
1: Oh, you picked a disassociation from time sort of thing.
2: Kind of, but as you go to investigate, you find out that, uh, no, everyone's dead. They've just been raised. There's a lich. And, um, at the end of it, you have, they basically are faced with two choices. They fight the lich or they acquiesce to his request and come back to see him the next day. If they fight him, they get XP. they come back to see them, see him. he has modified his phylactery. So that one of them will strike him down and his soul will return to the phylactery but not escape, not be reborn. Creating a one-use item. When they shatter the phylactery, he will come out for one round to aid them in combat.
0: Mm, but do they know this in advance? No. They that's to- one of the things about XP.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is when you're giving out XP, people have the... Predisposition, the the advanced knowledge that if they fight an orc, it's gonna be like worth at least two hundred tops, about fifty on average per person. If they fight an elf, same deal. If they fight a uh, monster like mm-hmm. a fucking troll, you know they're gonna go. It's a CR six or a seven, depending on yes. Yeah, so and I just said CR six because troll dog. Anyway, yeah, imagine that big green pickle swinging around in your face. You know what the
2: best part about that is? That erection regenerates.
0: True that. (laughs) Dick fingers the troll. Anyhow, people have an expectation beforehand that if they defeat one of these monsters, they will get a certain amount of XP within a specific range that's really damn favorable. When you throw in items... People usually tend to stick away from items, more so from XP, because there's that lack of expectation. Yeah. Well, Especially when the GM is throwing custom items into the game, nobody knows what to expect. Well,
2: and that, that's well, kind of part of the, the idea is there's the gamble. I mean, if they get there and he makes the offer and they don't like it, they can still fight him. But the gamble is, do we take him at his word, or do we think he's just going to murder us in our sleep tonight?
0: You no, know, well, they, they need to have some sort of... Uh, advanced knowledge. Some sort of hint as to what will be the outcome of it
2: so they can weigh the XP versus the item. Well, the idea would be, because I have an entire backstory created for this lich. Like, he's the reason the village burned down as a child. It's why he became a lich, was trying to rest the village.
1: Just to fix his mistake? Yeah.
2: And... Uh, so he's
1: a
0: basic lich.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um... And so he's been like taking the role of like, the town mayor or something, and in it, right? Just keeping the magic going, but he can only recreate these several days, so all these souls are stuck in this loop. And so the question is, do the players trust somebody who has these motivations? And it's it's more of a thought experience to see what the players will do, but it still comes down to powerful item with very little experience tacked onto it, or a but of experience fighting a well, glitch. Well, I, I would have to say this,
0: uh, from my experience, mm-hmm. when you're uh, putting... Players in front of a situation like this mm-hmm. where they get to choose one or the other. Make it clear what the choices are so mm-hmm. they can stand there, rub a fucking towel on their head, sweat furiously, and decide which button to push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you get the thought experiment really to get going because they will argue over which one is the better of the two to go over.
1: And it'll be like two hours of free gameplay. And yeah, it'll be <laughs> two hours
0: of free gameplay. Plus if it's XP, everybody's going to get it. If all four of us here at the table wind up in the situation, we're like, well, screw it. We'll fight him. If we win, the three of us who are left surviving, I mean four of us, <laughs> the four of us will get an equal share of the XP. We'll all get something out of this. But if we get a one-use item uh, that's disposable, which do you think they're going to take? The one that's actually a good foundation for building more crap onto their character sheet? Or the one-use item that might wind up in a bag of holding and get forgotten about.
1: Well, like, that's the sort of item you pull out during the final boss and be like, Hey, look! This is our lich buddy! He's gonna fuck
2: you up! <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it's, it's a I, cheapy escape card. I,
0: I would use him, uh, instead of, like, a combat buddy, I would probably go, like, more of an exposition machine. Where you can summon him once per month from what? his phylactery. And he would give, since he's going into Dimmy lich mode, he's no longer tied to this world... He wants to explore the greater cosmos, as most demi would do. I would go the route that he's become a Demi-Lich and you can tap on his flag or do a small 10-minute ritual. He will stop investigating whatever core universe he's uh, obtaining knowledge from, come back and be like, alright, you get one question, one answer. And you can only do this once per month. That would make him a useful item. And if that was a situation where I got one free answer to any question I have, Pertaining to the game session from an exposition machine versus yeah. 5,000 XP,
2: I would take the answer
1: every time. Because information time. is power.
2: Um, yeah, and for Which, me, part that's of is a is, that's a
1: clever idea, actually.
2: Yeah, part of this is also just my DMing style. I've been trying to change it, and evolve it, and the idea of choice—what's right, what's wrong—and <laughs> the ambiguous nature of that is really rooting itself more in how I play. Like I've got a campaign I've been playing for a while. Uh, Where the players, they have to decide: Do they kill this Medusa? Nope. Yeah, exactly.
0: Nope, I don't kill her. Um, I have been waiting for a game for Medusa to show up so I can have my finally lay a little, you know, get my love bites all over my face from my new waifu.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going
1: with that too. Uh, I knew it. Hey, I've
0: got a checklist. He already got the. um, I have a gaming bucket list. I got, got the Mind flare. I do have a bucket list of monsters I'm trying to seduce. <laughs> what, what is on this list, and how much
3: XP do you get for completing
0: it? I don't get any XP. Oh I just God. get the satisfaction of knowing that I rolled an at 20 on an elephant uh, when I should have fucking died. <laughs> well, what other monsters are on your list? Um, you want on my list, of course, because they're awesome. Um, there's... Uh, Slime Girls, they're kind of on my
2: list.
3: And you want every variety so, of Slime Girls. So here's the thing
2: He doesn't gain class levels for this, but he's definitely gaining hentai levels for it. <laughs> hentai level. Well, like, there's I a have lot of. Hentai Night level 5.
1: <laughs> I have
0: a character with a broken pelvis, okay? And that was like one of the best moments of his life.
3: How he broke his pelvis
0: is only a secret between him and. The monster he was with and the bedroom they were in. <laughs>
1: and all the destroyed furniture?
0: It wasn't the furniture that got destroyed. It was his pelvis. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: she was a big girl, okay? So the bed wasn't going to work. I'll just leave uh, it there. there. bugbears off the list. No, it wasn't a bugbear.
2: Neither well, here I'll, nor d- there. I'll
0: just glue you in. They're kind of like trolls, but without dogs. There you go. Uh-huh. We're talking about XP, not my personal... <laughs> not your, your EXP. Not my shenanigans here. <laughs> Actually, you get you in
2: one of my campaigns. One of my primary settings is a brothel.
0: I'll fuck the brothel. <laughs> <laughs> the entire building. Literally the wood slats on the floor. Or just declare the brothel an SCP. That way it can become a monster, and I will screw a hole in it. I'll just run over there with a can of WD-40 and find a knot hole and go crazy.
3: Don't worry, he's got protection. He's got some Thompson water seal. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) She's
2: Uh, she's the building over the seven dryads dancing inside of it.
0: That's right.
2: (laughs) That was the whole gimmick. The brothel, the performers are all dryads.
0: I'll be like, SCP? Yeah. Sounds like I'll screw it. (laughs) Screw, contain, protect. (laughs) Well, I assure you my methods are most effective, Doctor. (laughs) Uh, uh, So yeah, um, Uh, as as to
3: XP, as we're coming up towards the end. Oh, we are near the end, huh?
1: Yeah, we got like 20 more minutes.
0: Yeah,
3: but you know how long it takes for us to get through Final Thoughts?
1: That's why I said it.
3: Okay. (laughs) So, as the newest GM here, what I gotta say is, for anyone out there, when it comes to XP, definitely try to figure it out your own way. Uh, Whatever works for you best. I like to do it where they gain over the course of time, and leveling usually happens at the end of the story arc. But they're small arcs, not entire adventures. And I always make a tally of extra XP to give people... Uh, for doing stuff, even if it's non-combat. And if you survive the encounter, even running away, some XP.
1: Yeah, like, everything in life should be rewarded, I would say. But I'm not gonna say participation awards, because fuck that concept. <laughs> but you, if you get around an obstacle, it'd be that obstacle monsters trying to kill you, a trap, or that jerk mer- merchant who's just not letting go of whatever it is you want every challenge should have a reward how big a challenge and how important the challenge is should affect how much of a reward and that reward is not always just exp but also items wealth or Notor information
2: right. proelia premia risk and reward
1: more or less yes
2: by the way the answer to all those, uh situation you put up is you sneak past the monster, you throw the halfling into the trap, and then you stab the merchant and take the item. Okay, well... Murder, oh
0: <laughs> Then there's a situation I want to know about. This is a story not from my game group, but another one that I was uh, moonlighting with for a little while. I want to know how much XP this bard got. Okay, so it's a bard.
2: Bard, 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 bard!
0: bard, bard, bard. Acrobat, okay, so he's, okay. he's a... Fucking street performer, acrobat, does the handstands, the cartwheels, tightrope walking, that kind of shit. That's his perform style. We get a bard, and it's a uh, cave near the ocean. Inside the cave is a giant crab. The rest of the group had gone one direction through the cave, and the bar decided to split off and scout a different direction because he's the closest they have to a rope. Okay. So the bard is basically doing double duty. He's sneaking along and he's about 10 feet off the ground. And basically, uh, 10 feet off the ground on like some wooden planks that are exiting from the cave in tr- or from another cave that connects to this cave. He's crawling out on the wooden planks. He rolls perception. There's a giant crab amongst the stones right there. So he's got to sneak past this crab to continue along. He makes an acrobatics check to jump that 10 feet. And do a little roll and keep it sneaky. So he rolls his acrobatics check. One. Oh, yeah. So he lands taking 2d6 damage. And then his stealth check follows up with it with negative penalties to it because he had just taken excessive damage. Yeah. Two. Oh. So he lands on the ground, compound fracture as his shin... Bursts out of the skin. Oh. Oh. He screams in agony, clutching you know just below his knee, screaming. The crab, of course, is alerted, makes a per- uh, an awareness check, obviously with bonuses, realizes something has just screamed behind it, stands up, turns around, rolls perception. One. <laughs> the crab turns around, looks, doesn't see anything, decides Eh Fuck it! I'm a crab. Turns back around and settles back into his little crab nest. Mm-hmm. The bard now has to reset the bone in his shin, <laughs> so he makes a heal check. Snap! Yeah, he gets it mm-hmm. right, but he has to shove the bone back in place. He, has, you know, literally yeah. you have to shove a compound fracture and by yourself sucks. He has to make another stealth check not to scream. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> he screams bloody murder while he's clutching his leg now with the uh, fucking shin bone pop back into place. Crab turns around. Rotates. Perception check.
1: Wait for it. Wait, Wait for, for it.
0: it. Fail. Huh. <laughs> supreme fail. Not a one, not a two. It's still a supreme fail. Looks around. Doesn't see shit. Turns back around. Settles back into his little crab nest. (laughs) The bard, deciding that it would be better not to walk on the leg, crawls, (laughs) both hands and one knee, dragging his other leg behind him, so he's like at one-third movement, and crawls. Stealth check. Passes. (laughs) And makes it out of the cave and across the causeway to the next connecting cave and continues scouting around. How much XP did this uh, bard get? (laughs) for successfully sneaking past that
2: crab. Um <laughs> done because his success wasn't his own. It was the crab's ineptitude that allowed him to get by. The crab was getting equally <laughs> shitty
0: rolls. <laughs> he was just could've a just of said fails.
2: He literally could have just said, I'm just gonna walk across the rocks and make it there. If the crab gets up, I'll stand still. And it would have been the same experience. I, I, I might was... actually take that I would give him I would give him a at least a couple hundred XP for resetting his own leg.
0: Alright, I-, I would give him a couple hundred myself. Not for the fact that the- he was making shit rolls and the crab was making equally shit rolls. Mm-hmm. But if he made it to the other causeway and had like some snippy in character retort to say about the situation,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I would definitely give him XP for staying in character.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, definitely you- I would bump up the XP if he did that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd, ha- I'd agree with that. You know, resetting a bone, that's thats worthy of praise on its own, right? Yeah. Resetting your own bone? That's, that's worth it. Resetting a compound fracture? Yet well, he more. Had
0: to, he had to like, wedge his foot between a couple of rocks and then mm. yank up with this thigh, you know, to pull the, the bone back straight. And then lean forward real quick and push it back in the through the skin.
1: Oh. Yeah. It's just, oh, that is horrid. Uh,
0: all right, anyway, my final thoughts on XP. Uh, what I'd like to do as a GM is hand out candy uh, in like medium to small amounts over the course of like a game session. Like we'll do a game session two or three times and at the third one, maybe fourth one, if I'm feeling really lazy, I'll dump all the XP on. I'll be like, these monsters were with this. You guys got these milestones and you guys stayed the character a lot. So here's some XP for this. And then the closer they get to level, I scale it back ever so slightly. <laughs> I, I do, I, I'm yep. surprised nobody's noticed this uh, very much. But I'll scale it back just a little bit to, you know, when people are sitting there and they're filling out their character sheets, they'll get excited. They'll be like, ooh, I'm only 800 away. And the next game session, I'll give out 500 XP. they are like, oh, I'm only 300 away.
1: You're building excitement.
0: When I could, only, when I could have given out eight, easy. and just been like, bing, level up. But instead, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll take care of it next weekend. And the next game session, we'll have like one combat counter with some town guards. And I'll be like, oh, well, out of that 300 this week, you only got a 150. And then the next week, you know, they, they get past the town guards. They actually like defeat the evil count or whatever. And his army and shit, they'll be like, "Oh, this was a huge mass battle. You guys are guaranteed to level up." And yeah, they, there's like, yeah, let's do the math here real quick. And you guys got three thousand one hundred twenty-five each, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Level up!" And holy shit, you know, it's like a huge reward. So they You're uh, just
3: edging them along.
0: I edge them along, I but I like really to, like that. I like to double the uh, excitement factor because not only did they get a big win. They got a big win, They got and they leveled up at the same time. You know, if, if anybody can just level up during a game session. It's like, oh, we're out in the forest, we killed a bunch of kobolds, whoopty shit, we leveled up. By the time we get in the town, we'll be next level.
3: Yay! Wait, remember that time that you had us all sitting at, like, 20 XP away from level, and someone decided, let's go out in the woods, and we almost died? <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> you pissed me off. Oh, okay. It wasn't that- me. Okay, well, this
0: is what they did. Okay, part of my final thoughts on XP, and as a story from an older GM, and it will not work on many other GMs, I can guarantee that. If you're sitting, like, 50 XP away from your next level, you're like, well, we're level 9, we could be level 10 by next week. Let's go out in the forest and hunt something. The GM will respond in one of two ways. Nothing happens. Or he will pull, like an ancient elder black dragon out of some swamp and dump him out of the sky right on your head
3: and be like, there's your 50 XP, bitches. Earn it. Earn it. Run away. We survived. What, how much did we get?
2: 25.
3: <laughs> no, there, there's no, just like, 40. 40. <laughs> no,
0: it's just... If you're like sitting only so many XP away from next level, just try to work with the GM and play the storyline... Um, get a milestone XP reward, whatever. Don't specifically run out somewhere with the intent of grinding, because that's so fucking video gamey. If you try to pull video game logic on a tabletop game, your GM will punish the shit out of you.
2: Yeah, unless that's specifically the type of campaign you're playing.
0: Unless it's specifically, yeah, it, it depends on the group and the <laughs> campaign indeed, but if your GM is doing, like, a storyline game with milestones, character rewards, character progression rewards, playstyle rewards, and, you know, he's kind of throwing combat in there on top of things because, you know, it spices up the story, getting video gamey isn't gonna work, but if it's a dungeon crawl, now oh, feel free. Yeah. If it's, a, if it's a dungeon crawl or a module, yeah, go for it. Go, go out in the forest and Throw rocks at birds until King Bird appears. (laughs) Catch it with your Pokeball. Get 50 XP. (laughs) That's my final thoughts.
2: Fuck. Alright. King uh, Bird. So I guess for my final thoughts, I'm going to say, first off, if I have my own way about it, I'm actually a fan of slow trickle XP. Uh, Partially because I don't like high level campaigns, so I like feeding XP slowly and then throwing an electric reward here and there. But uh, the best advice I can give about XP is you got to tailor it to the group. If the group wants to roleplay, or like in the case of my group, aren't very good at it but want to get better at it, you add an incentive. You give additional XP for roleplay. If they just want to kill stuff, give them the XP for killing things. If they do some good roleplay, that's a little bonus. Throw an extra 20 XP their way or something. But use 20 XP. Buy yourself a new shirt. <laughs> pretty much. I mean... But for some groups, that's all that's worth to them. So, really, the best advice I can give for how you're going to handle XP is talk to your players, figure out how what they want out of the campaign, and tailor the XP to them. Yeah, right.
1: which is, is a—it's a, it, a very healthy set of things to do. Which mean like, the whole dungeon master GM relationship with their players is based around that very concept: mm-hmm. managing expectations,
0: communication.
1: Communication. All right. Well, anyway, that's
0: me. Anybody else have anything?
1: I think we've run our course. All right. And just as expected, it took us about twenty minutes.
0: This is Game Goblin signing out.
1: Gather can to the skies.
3: Darth blasphemous, returning to my holocrons. And I've been Russ. I saw the key!